it's important to know that that you know criminology is not about teaching people to be criminals. Killology is not about teaching people to kill. It's about understanding the variables that enable and restrain killing in society. Yeah, yeah. I'm here with uh, with Colonel Grossman, and we're talking killology. <laughs> yeah. So welcome to Two A for today again. I'm Zoe Warren, your host. Tell me a little, Colonel. Tell me a little bit about killology and what it is, what it isn't. Yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, I'm America's number one law enforcement trainer by by almost any measure, and defund the police has been viciously attacking. You know, so I had to tell them, look, <laughs> criminology is not about teaching people to be criminals, uh, and killology is not about teaching people to kill. Yeah. It's about understanding the factors that enable and restrain killing in our society. You know, the hard thing to explain is not that one in a million terrible crime. Hard thing to explain is that 99.9% of our citizens go lifetime never kill anybody or even try to. Explain that. Divorce, infidelity, layoff, traffic accidents. In a lifetime of, of, of provocation, less than one in a thousand citizens will even seriously attempt to take a life. Explain that. So, see, there's all these variables that are restraining violence. But you peel off the variables, you get more violence. And, and defund the police says that government is not legitimate. The police are not legitimate. That's insurrection. That's, that's, the government is not legitimate. That's people thinking they don't have to obey the law. And the result in 2020 was the single worst year-over-year -year increase in homicides we've ever seen. The worst annual increase in murders we've ever seen was 12% annual increase one year in the 1960s. And then in 2020, it, we saw a 30% increase. And, and Heather McDonald uh, and Wall Street Journal talks about the fact that it's this, this, this outpouring of contempt for the pillars of law and justice. And, and really, you know, when we look around the planet, when we disarm citizens, we empower criminals. Whenever somebody talks about, you know, about gun laws, so how's that working for Mexico? How are those gun laws working for Mexico? How's it working for Honduras, the most violent nation on the planet? Anywhere in the world, you disarm citizens, you empower criminals. You know, how are those gun laws working out for Mexico? How are you, you going to make it work? When we can't make it work in Mexico, and they've been trying to do it for 50 years. Violence in Mexico, violence in entire Latin America is just mind-boggling. And, and the one thing they almost all have in common is unarmed citizens. How's it working for them? You know, oh, we should be like Australia. Australia is an island nation with complete control of their borders. You know, our government tells us we can't stop millions of immigrants coming across the border. We can't stop tons of marijuana, just legalize marijuana. Oh, and you're going to go ahead and stop all the guns and confiscate all the guns. All you're going to do is disarm law-abiding citizens. And again, you know, how the gun laws work now for Mexico. But this is this dynamic of this explosion of violence, the illegitimacy of police, the illegitimacy of armed citizens. It's, it's not about, about making our nation better. It's about destroying our nation so they can come out on top. They want to crash the plane. Yes. Oh, that's well said. They want to crash the plane. And they think they're going to be able to fly the plane then. And, and it ain't going nowhere. No, they want to create a new plane. They think their plane is better, brighter, smarter, faster. And the way they begin is by crashing our plane. And meanwhile, look around the planet and tell me where socialism worked. You know, socialism is really a religion. It's got to be based on faith because it's never been proven to work. Yeah. Well said. I mean, it's actually, I mean, to me, I look at them as just marauders. They're just another... There's the real insurrection. Yeah. They're saying that the police are not legitimate. That's a breakdown of our civilization, our government. Yeah. 
If the police are not legitimate, if the law is not legitimate, that means that you have the right to rise up in, in opposition to, to the law. The pillars of, of our society are being destroyed, and they want to crash the plane. They want to they take our civilization down in flames, and they don't care the harm that's being done. I want to challenge you on a question, sure, though. Sure. I, I look at the defund the police movement, and I see legitimacy in one of their complaints, and that is that police officers are not obligated to protect anyone in their custody. They're not obligated to? Protect anyone in their custody. So we need to disarm everybody, right? I mean, I, granted, I don't think that we should disarm everybody. Right, right. However, the, the logic makes sense. If you're not, yeah. not going to protect us, then we need to have laws right. to remove, yeah. right? But police are obligated to protect those in their custody. Yes. To Only in their custody, but it, well, no one else. Well, and, and there, you know, you can't sue the police because they didn't come to your house and stop that burglar. You can't sue the police because you've been mugged. So it's true, you know, that, that, that the police, uh, the other, you know, as far as, as the police obligation to protect you, you, you can't come sue them because of that. Get rid of your mayor, get rid of your elected officials, <laughs> hold them accountable. But there's only so much the cops can do and they're not legally responsible for protecting you. So that means you have to accept responsibility. And that's really the pillar of our civilization. If we empower our citizens, don't take away rights, give them more rights. Give them the right to protect themselves. Give them the right to carry the tools. Give them the right to go to the training. Uh, you know, the answer to the problem is not to take away rights. It was carved into the DNA of our nation with our, with, with our, our, our Constitution and, and, and the Bill of Rights. Self-government. Again, entrust the people. If you can't entrust the people, then give up on democracy. Give up on elected officials. If we can't trust the people, and that's the story. We can't trust the people with the tools to defend themselves. We'll take the tools away. Are we children? Or are, are, are we citizens of a sovereign nation with the right to protect ourselves? Are, are, are we plebes? Are we, are we, we, we serfs? They think they're patricians. Are, are we slaves? <laughs> yes, yes. We, they think we're their slaves, yeah. and they're going to take our guns, and they'll make us all good and healthy. And, yeah. and, and you know, it, it is really— They're the ranchers. We're the cattle. It's about them having power. Say that again. <laughs> they're the ranchers, and we're the cattle. Man, that's so good. You're just full of great lines. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> I'm just going to keep stealing this stuff. Wow, they want to crash the plane. Yeah. They're the ranchers. We're the cattle. This is dynamite. I'm going to keep rocking with this stuff. You are, you are like the Lone Ranger of the airwaves, yeah. you know, <laughs> firing silver bullets of truth and justice out there. I love it. Well, I love your title. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bulletproof mind. You know, um, in, in, in the end, it's about being mentally prepared, about understanding what will happen to your body. My, my, my book uh, on combat, uh, hunters know that you shoot a deer and ears don't ring. Don't hear the shot. Uh, you're still getting hearing loss. The shutout's in the nerve. We're hearing protection. But a lot of hunters will tell you, no, you don't hear the shot when you shoot a deer. Well, the same thing happens in combat. The shots are muted, and it blows people's minds. Slow motion time. Yeah. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was training a bunch of NYPD and Long Island cops, and we had a bunch of U.S. Marshals there. Slow motion time. People see the bullet. It's like airsoft or paintball. We can track it. Mm. And the marshal's been in this horrendous gunfight just recently. And the one marshal, she said... She said, I saw him pointing the gun at me. I leaned back and I watched the bullet go past and clip my hair. She said, she said, I could show you. She said, I could show you. And I saw the bullet do that. And, and it blows people's minds. Slow motion time, tunnel vision, memory gaps, memory distortions. People intensely remember something that did not happen. And we need to know those things. 
ahead of time. You know, we want them to survive spiritually, my book on spiritual combat, psychologically, my books, and we want them to survive physically and legally. You know, if trained seasoned cops have memory gaps and memory distortions, how much more so could it happen to us? In a lot of major police departments, if a cop's in a deadly force incident, is in fear for my life, I use deadly force, there's the perpetrator, there's the evidence, I want to talk to my lawyer. And, and, and boom, questioning stops. If, if trained seasoned cops have memory gaps and memory distortions, and they say nothing more than the basic statement uh, until they get a chance to talk to their lawyer, how much so with you and I in one of those life and death events? So the time to shoot your mouth off is not after the incident. That's the time to say, I, I want to talk to my lawyer. And, and, and cops will tell you that. And, and of course, any lawyer will tell you that. So what causes people, though, to, to run in? have that bulletproof mind and yeah. be able to like, you know, I mean, save lives. I mean, people don't, Yeah. You know, people are so, yeah. we, we are self-protection yes. people. We want to protect ourselves. And right? think about that. Think about people who put their life on the line to save lives, yeah. to go into blazing bullets. Um, in, in nature, one place where we see the powerful drive to self-preservation overridden is in many different species, a mama critter, many different species, a mama critter, Will die for what? Her babies, her young. But she won't die for anybody else's babies. Yeah. You know, in combat, soldiers die for each other. That great Texan, uh, Audie Murphy, most decorated American soldier of World War II, was asked one time why he did it. He said they were killing my friends. So Mama Critter will die for a baby. Audie Murphy would die for his fellow soldiers. What kind of person will walk out the door and die for strangers? What kind of person will walk out the door and lay their life on the line? People they never met. And that's what our first responders do. Fire, EMS. Uh, you know, um, the Bible says, greater love is known than this. That they lay down their life for their friends. Now, there's many ways to lay down your life. But I ask him, now, these are the fire service for one of our nation's largest cities. I said, who are your friends? Everybody in this city is your friend because you will go out that door and lay your life down for anything. And no greater love is known than this. Under no obligation to do so by law. No, no obligation. You know, they, they don't have to go in that burning building. You know, the cop doesn't have to go toward the sound of the guns. Now, you know, we saw the case in the Parkland school massacre where the cop didn't go in. And the cop was a destroyed person. And, and he actually lied. And that's what got him. So you could say there's no obligation to go in, but he's a destroyed human being. And, and he's fired. Uh, I think of this recent incident, there may be officers who should have gone in who didn't. We'll find out. And they will be destroyed, probably professionally, for not going in. They'll be reprimanded. They'll be punished in some way. But you're right. You know, there's, there's not this, this great, you know, you're going to go to prison. If you don't go in, you might be fired. But you live the rest of your life in hell. Yeah. Because you sat outside while children died. And, and when you look back, if you, could, if you could do one thing different, you would probably go in that building and, and take a bullet for a kid rather than live the rest of your life in hell. But most of the time, the cops go in. You know, this, this recent case in Texas is like the perfect storm where everything went wrong. The school didn't have the door locked, as we know currently. The teacher didn't have the door locked, as we currently understand. The cops didn't go in. The school didn't apparently inform the cops as rapidly as they should have. It's like, we're stopping these massacres on a daily basis. We're catching the kid with the gun. We're catching the kid with the threat. We're catching the kid building the bombs. Across America, we're stopping these kids. Where are they coming from? 
It's, it's, there's so many of them that one's going to slip through the cracks. It's this perfect storm. Cops did the wrong thing. School did the wrong thing. You know, where are these kids coming from? These crimes never happened in human history. Now they're everywhere. You know, it's, it, it goes back to the whole idea. I was talking to uh, Greg Stevens. Yes. And uh, he said when he was in that terrible ordeal with those two ISIS members that he just had muscle memory. Training. Maybe, maybe training. Yeah. The, the idea is that we, we need to be better trained even as staff members yes. at a school. Yes. Um, SROs. Yes. You know, carrying a guitar does not make you a musician. Carrying a gun around does not necessarily make you able to save lives. Now, you know, it's better than nothing, you know, and, and, but, but we've got to recognize that if, once you carry that gun, then you have that responsibility to seek that training and to come to that next level. It's, it's not enough to just have that gun. It's a specialized tactical training, it's, too. Yes. Seek that training. Seek different kinds of training uh, and, 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 and train your family. It, it, go to these different, we're, we're in a realm now when training has exploded. My personal favorite is the martial art of the firearm, Hujutsu. And, and I recommend you to do a story. I'll point you to the right places. These guys are amazing. You know, when we talk about training, uh, we don't have pistol shooting clubs anymore. We don't have bowling leagues. Americans are not into that. But 20 million Americans are in the martial arts. The idea of striving for the next belt. So Hajitsu, the martial art of the firearm, the founder is the most decorated Alaska state trooper, head of their academy, uh, a Vietnam ranger, uh, really late in the war, just a few years older than me, one of 20-odd grandmaster pistol shots on the planet. They've had over 20 of their practitioners in real-world gunfights with a 98% hit ratio. Over 98% hit ratio and over 20 different real-world gunfights. So when, when, when you get your black belt in hujitsu, it's, it's real. It's solid. Uh, uh, Greg, uh, or, uh, uh, it's okay, Jeff Hall, the founder, Jeff Hall uh, of Hojutsu. Uh, he's a high-level martial artist in multiple realms, and he brought it all together to resurrect the martial art of the firearm. In Japan, everything was an art, and gunpowder weapons was an art. But in the early, in the mid-1800s, they said, time out. You know, repeating firearms, we can't, so they banned gunpowder. And, and the art of firearms, hojutsu, was dead, and he resurrected it and brought it available to Americans this time. So if you want to train, go to the local Fujitsu dojo and think about training with them. They've got a proven record or just, just push that envelope and find a way to make yourself better and, and more competent. And, and that's what NRA is all about. It's a group of people with tools and training and resources all gathering together. Uh, that responsibility, that com every right comes with a responsibility. Right. And, and there is that responsibility to be competent and safe with that gun. That's right. And if you don't, do your duty. If you don't take up your responsibility, you lose your right. That's oh, just the way it works. Right? Or <laughs> another one-liner. <laughs> well, give me your uh, pedigree before we go. Well, you know, I'm a retired uh, Army officer, a, a paratrooper, Buck Sarden, came up through the ranks, uh, Ranger, uh, West Point psychology professor, and ended up writing a couple of books uh, that have really taken off. Uh, my book on killing is Marine Corps Commandant's Required Reading List, half a million copies sold in English, translated in seven languages. And, uh, and uh, uh, Google Scholar, look at scholar.google.com and look up Grossman and On Killing. It's been cited like 3,600 times in scholarly works. So it's one of the great scholarly works of our time. Follow-on book is On Combat, written for my kid going into combat the first time. 
the nuts and bolts, the two books together. Then I wrote the book on spiritual combat. And, and I wrote the book on, about media violence, invited to the White House, personally handed a copy of the book to President Trump, invited the White House again to, uh, to brief uh, Vice President Pence, handed him a copy of the book, a couple of very impressive and gracious men. And, and it, I am, by almost any definition, America's number one law enforcement trainer, just because they've done it so long, so much. I think they, I'm the only trainer that's ever been post-certified for the equivalent in all 50 states. Trained every federal agency, been doing it for 25 years since I retired, 65 years old. My prayer, I can do it for another 20 years. Outstanding. Oh, that's what it's about.